Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. I'm Rachel Kelly with Melissa Hyak. Now, on the show, we had tried to get a guest on that we were very much looking forward to, and good news, he's with us on yes. the line. Peter Taufatua, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Well, Peter, thank you very much. Mm. I hope all is, is well and safe with you. Uh, yes, yes, all is well. I, uh, I I just had news that my father was uh, was was found safe, so I was. Um, <gasps> oh wow, oh, that's, that's excellent news! Great yeah. news, and we'd actually been speaking about that uh, while we were trying to get you on the line as well. That you'd been able to contact your family in Tonga, but not yet your father. So you'd managed to get hold of him. That's wonderful. Perhaps you can share with us what happened. Yes, so I um, I uh, I was speaking to a cousin of mine, and and they have a uh, the local university has a satellite dish which gives them this very basic internet, and and she happened to um, to share with me the story of what had happened with my father. He went on quite an adventure, so I haven't spoken to him directly, but I've just right. uh, I've just heard the news. Okay, but we know that he's safe. Yes, yes. He's in good shape. He's a little bit uh, sunburnt. He's been um, out in the islands on the uh, with the first response vessel. I see. And this this obviously comes. I mean, it's been one week since the eruption triggered tsunamis that destroyed villages, resorts, and many buildings and knocked out communications for the nation of Tonga. Perhaps you can share with us uh, what the situation is like there at the moment from the conversations that you've had. So uh, what I had heard was that there was a, a whole lot of devastation through the Hapai Islands. There are a group of around 50 islands uh, which are very low-laying. And so the tsunami had really damaged places like uh, an island called Mango, an island called Nomuka and Ponoi. And uh, so there's a layer of ash all over the, the country of Tonga. And that's 170, 180 islands all up are covered in ash. There's water shortages, fuel shortages, there's uh, food and flour shortages on Ha'apai, and the whole western side of Tongatapu, which is the main island, was uh, completely destroyed. So I, I shared a post that's recently of my the place where my sister was married, and, and, and I showed the before and after, and it's just devastating to see. And how much do we know about the devastation on humans? We, we understand that um, you know, there's a lot of property damage and infrastructure damage, but what about people? It's been an absolute blessing, the fact that not more people were uh, deceased from this. So far, there were three confirmed dead. I, I think one of the positives was that the government had given some level of warning, so people had moved inland to some extent. Whoever had heard the warning had started to move inland to some extent. Had that not happened, it, it could have been a, a whole lot worse. Now, Peter, obviously you're not in Tonga at the moment. You're currently in Brisbane, Australia. And I understand that you're currently raising funds because many of us know you as the Tongan flag bearer that went viral both during the <laughs> Summer and Winter Olympics. Can you share with us, though, we understand, you know, your target is to hit a million, you're over halfway there. What are you planning for these funds to be used for? Why are they needed? Yes, yeah, so the, we, we've, got a, we've got a country covered in ash that has, has food shortages, fuel shortages, and and water issues because all of our water comes from the uh, from rainwater, and our roofs are covered in, in a very thick layer of ash. So 
So the, the initial response was to make sure that people have something to eat and something to drink. I mean, that's always the initial response and that their respiratory health is looked after because there's all this ash in the air that, you know, we could be seeing a lot of issues with that. So we're trying to raise money to get to help originally with schools and hospitals and then now also with emergency response and then rebuilding. So water purification, uh, solar installations, you know, to ensure that the electricity supply and, and, and most certainly food, putting together containers of, of flour and rice and water and uh, just making sure that those essentials reach, uh, reach Tonga. And you're not just working on raising funds. I understand you're also trying to partner with, with some uh, service providers and goods providers. You've got some breakthrough today, I understand, with a couple of bakeries mm-hmm. to try and get people fed. Yeah. Yes, yes, that was one of our um, one of the challenges with sending containers is that there could be a a two to four week wait, mm. and you know before they arrive. And, and whilst that's still on our radar of things to do, we managed to get in contact with the two major bakeries in Hapai and offer free uh, free bread. So when I say free bread, it sounds quite trivial. But you have to remember that in the islands and in Tonga, bread is breakfast and tea. Mm. So every morning and every evening, this is a staple. And, and we didn't want anyone to go through the, um, the pain of having to, to buy food when there's not enough food. And, and it, when I say free bread, I don't mean one off loaves of bread. I mean that we'll be supplying the whole Harbai Islands for, you know, for the coming weeks uh, worth of uh, free bread. But that's just the initial response. That's just a initial response. And then we've got funds ready for the for sending containers of food and, and water. And, and then after that, the medium to long term stuff like water uh, desalination and, and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Peter, can you give us a, an indication or an understanding of how long it might take for things to return to some semblance of normalcy following this horrific event that's taken place? I think that this is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. Um, mm-hmm. I, my guess is is somewhere around the two-year mark is where we'll probably see complete return to normal. But even then, I, I don't know if we really want to see it return to normal. What we would rather see is it return to a, to an even better space, a more resilient space where water supplies a little bit stronger, where electricity supplies a little bit stronger, and, and as we've seen, where the communication network is more resilient to these events, whether it be tsunami or cyclones, which also hit the island almost every year. And speaking of that, perhaps you can give us an understanding of the the lay of the land in Tonga. I understand they're quite low-laying islands, so when the tsunami hit, that was why it was as severe as it was. And obviously everyone's been talking about the impact of climate change. How do you see this impacting Tonga going forward? I mean, that's why you've mentioned a marathon, not a sprint, and this is an opportunity perhaps to build back better post-event. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the I'm probably not qualified enough to talk on the, on any mm-hmm. link between climate change and the volcano. But what I will talk about is that the so climate change over the years has has increased the water level. So I've I've seen it with my own eyes. Right when I was a kid, I, the water was coming up to here. Now that I, you know, each five ten years, the water was getting closer and closer to the to the house. So, you know, I'm seeing it with my eyes that the challenge is, is that these are already low-lying islands. They're already close to the, uh, close to the water level. So then 
you throw in storm surges from a cyclone or, or tsunami and you've got an already low-lying island with, which is now even lower due to increased sea level, and then you end up with a, with a disaster like we saw here. So there, there's certainly a strong link between the, the magnitude, how strong these cyclones are, and, uh, and man-induced climate change. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, um, uh, Peter, and, and for the good work you're doing to help your people. Um, looking at the GoFundMe page, uh, you've currently raised about $605,300 Australian dollars. And, and maybe just a very quick uh, tense, uh, few words that you might want to say to people out there who want to help. Yes, to, uh, to anyone around the world that want help, we've created a GoFundMe. And that can be found at the Tonga Tsunami are released by Peter Tauf before and any amount, whether it be whether it be ten cents or ten dollars or whatever amount that's available, uh, means a great deal for the Tongan people. And for those who are struggling and, and aren't able to donate, if you could share the links, if you could even just raise awareness with government that there's a country that happened to be right in the middle of that big mushroom cloud that everyone saw last week. That country needs your help. Okay, well, Peter, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Greatly appreciated. We wish you and all your family and your loved ones uh, great safety in the coming weeks and months and years ahead. Offa atu, Tonga. <laughs> thank you so much, and offa atu to everyone that's listening. I appreciate you all. Thank you. Thank you. We've been speaking with Peter Taufatua from uh, Tonga. He is a flag bearer for the Olympics. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.